Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore, and I'm I'm here tonight. Um, <laughs> I am actually kind of feel lucky to be here tonight. Um, I was in a bit of a car accident on Friday, and I have broken my thumb. So we are recording this episode um, a little bit late. We were normally been recording this on Friday. Um, we're recording this on Sunday, um, just after watching the Lakers game, um, just after watching um, the Bucks. You know, they, they won that game, uh, but, you know, I felt like the, the Lakers looked great once again. Like, you know, LeBron and um, Reeves didn't, didn't even start, and we came out and just looked great in that first quarter. And, yeah, I'm, once again, I'm really excited for this team. So anyway, you know, I'm, I'm here today I'm playing a little bit hurt, but, you know, I'm here, you know, ready to talk hoops and, you know, how are you doing today, Colin? Oh, you're, you're on mute, Colin. I can't hear you. Hey, oh, there we go. Oh, wow. uh, little, little zooted over here. That'll happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, just, just super happy to be here and super happy that you're here. Like you said, uh, you know, very, very scary accident. Uh, Evan sent me a picture of what his car looked like. So I know it's serious, but glad he's, he's no, no major injuries and, uh, and that we're here able to, able to talk about, about the Lakers. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Sad we couldn't do our show on Friday, but just, yeah, like I was not up to it mentally on Friday. <laughs> that hey. was it. No that worries. Okay, so yeah, we even, we even had guest plan, and you know, unfortunately, yeah, but you know, we just kind of are throwing this show together, kind of impromptu to get here on Sunday night, like you know. So, but you know, shout out to those guests. We are gonna hook up with you again. We do want you on our show. Um, you know, didn't work out this Friday, but you know, there there will be another time. So, <laughs> and so anyone anyway. else who ever wants to be a guest on our show, feel free to either. DM myself or Evan, uh, always looking for new guests. So just absolutely PSA there. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we would love, you know, opposing fan bases as well as Laker fans. Yeah, so, totally. And, you know, whether or not you're down with smoking or not, it doesn't matter either. So just let us know, you know, we're, we're open to everybody and it's, it's really about the conversation here. That's, that's what's most important to us. Oh, and, um, Speaking of which, you know, I, I forgot to, you know, talking about the accident, um, you know, I've also bruised my sternum, so I'm not smoking today, but I am about 80 milligrams deep right now on gummies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that double the dosage that you were on the last time you took edibles? I think almost, I remember last time. Almost, you yeah, I was 40. about, I think I was, I think I was yeah, like. Close to uh, 50, I was at 48, I think, last time. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah I, and I, as, I need to feel good because, like, because it hurts when I cough, you know, yeah. hurts when I move little things like that. So, like, yeah, like, didn't feel like smoking because it's no fun. Like, you know, you get that, you know, you get that nice, good feeling, high feeling, and then it can be taken away with that pain because that's because you're coughing and everything like that. So, totally. So well, glad, glad that uh, this is another, you know, example of why edibles can be great. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, but I was, I, I took a, a dab right before this. So, uh, again, for those of you that uh, I explained on episode zero, I believe what it was, uh, but it's just super high concentrated uh, 
THC that that you're uh, smoking out of a water pipe. So uh, it's just a one hit uh, smack to the face, and that's that's why I started with my with my mic muted. So uh, yeah, I was thinking one of these days we'll have to do a show where we both dab, and we'll show everybody totally because it's it's a completely different um you know kind of mechanism and technique than you know smoking smoking some you know bud and you know it's it, it's a lot it's interesting and like I'd, I'd like to show that to the people at some point yeah so we'll, we'll do totally. a dad show at some point totally yeah show and tell i'm always down <clears throat> awesome so anyway you know we're gonna get right into lakers preseason right away you know i already talked a little bit about the the game that we just, you know, we just had, you know, we did lose. So that makes us now um, two and three on preseason, but like, you know, the record, like I'm not even bothered by that in the least. Like, you know, when I looked at this team last year, like, cause at this point last year, I'm pretty sure we hadn't won a preseason game. Like I think we finally oh, no. that last preseason game or did we even win I'm trying to I think we I don't know if we won one. Uh we either went one and four or we went own five because they only did five last year. Yeah. This year they increased it to six. Um yeah. but yeah. Exactly. So. I couldn't remember if yeah, because it because it was also the it was the same misery you know the year before with Frank yeah. Vogel. I've kind of like I feel like yeah. I've kind of meshed both of them together trying yeah. to <laughs> I haven't had a good preseason in yeah, decades. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. But like but you know that that record when you look at it two and three you're like ah eh. but like what i've seen on the court has been in my opinion nothing short of amazing like this team is loaded and in a lot of ways i feel like the league is not ready like this is you know we we are going to get off to a fast hot start now um we got we've got a tough start with those first two two games, and I think there's a good chance we might split those two games. But I also think there's a very good chance we win both those two games against Denver and Phoenix. So you know, and if we do that, I I, I kind of look for this team to really start the season on a good win streak, like a good eight to ten game win streak, like legitimate, you know, win streak, like you know, because I, I always feel like you know those little four or five game win streaks they're nice, but like they don't to me kind of set a team apart, you know, cause like, I feel like any team in the NBA can get, you know, at any point in the season, about four or five games and string them together. But when you get to the eight to 10 range and especially 10 and above, that's elite level for me. So, and I think we're going to see it this year. And I think we'll see it a couple times this year where we're going to have some win streaks like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and, you know, we did, you know, we did lose both of our preseason games to the Warriors, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of. They're already hanging a banner. They're hanging. Yeah, a exactly. They're hanging a banner for it. So I'm kind of secretly happy about that because, like, you know, there, there's so many Warrior fans that are doing victory laps over that. And I'm like, you know, have your fun right now because both of those games, like, when our starters were in, we – we were looking much better than you. So I feel very confident about our seasons during the regular, our matchups during the regular season. And I look forward to that. And yeah, so I'm kind of happy that they won both those regular season games. I'm like, yeah, you, you can have those because us Laker fans, that doesn't really matter to us. We're going to get the ones that count. 
So <laughs> and now we got a little extra. Not that we needed any motivation to beat to beat the Warriors this year, but now we got a little extra. You know, bulletin board material is is two preseason losses. So exactly, exactly, and especially like the fashion that they won that game this week too, where they left Kaminga, GP two, and um, uh, who was the third one? Um, Moses Moody. Moses Moody. Thank you. All in the game against our G leaguers, you know, <laughs> our, our G leaguers. And they barely won that game, but you could tell on the bench, like clay was celebrating. They wanted that preseason game. That meant something. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's the other thing, like, you know, let them have that because we're going to show them like, you know, when it really counts. So like, yeah, I, I thought that was fun and funny. And like, it didn't bother me that we lost those games. <laughs> like, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah. And I, I, the fact that, that those guys were playing in that game, that late in that game was, was really crazy to me. Um, but, you know, yeah. like Evan said, uh, we will, We'll, we'll get our chance to play him in the regular season, and I uh, I think we're going to do very, very well. Uh, but, yeah, to get into some of these other preseason games that have happened since. Uh, so, yeah, Evan Evan touched on the two Warriors games. But, actually, the, the most impressive game, in my opinion, uh, was the Nets game, uh, which was our second game. And so this game uh, was, a, was particularly interesting because it was without – uh, four of our main players, I believe. So it was without LeBron and AD, which were the two main ones. Actually, Austin Reeves, the third main one. Uh, and then who else? Oh, and then Jared Vanderbilt was also out. And I believe Cam Reddish, too, because yep. they were they were actually... Uh, Vanderbilt and Reddish were up for injury reasons. And then uh, the big three, LeBron, uh, AD, and Austin, were just out for uh, because they're stars. Um <laughs> So without all of those players, and we were playing the Kings, and the Kings played all their players. So we saw De'Aaron Fox, we saw uh, Sabonis, we saw uh, uh, we actually didn't see Keegan Murray, but we saw Sabonis and Fox, who were their two best players, um, and we saw some other guys too. So uh, you know, without all of our players, we we you know handily beat the the Kings. So. Um, you know, it was really impressive to see that. I think there's a lot of things to to talk about and to unpack between all these games, but I think the most important or the the thing that stand stood out most to me across every preseason game so far, Evan, is uh, you know, the play from D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, I guess to take a step back, all summer long Lakers fans were were just, you know, uh, talking poorly about D'Angelo Russell. He pretty much played himself off the floor uh, against the Nuggets because of his defense and honestly because of his offense too. His shot wasn't hitting and he was a complete liability on defense. And, you know, for those four games against the Nuggets, he he played very poorly and, and lost his starting job in that series. Uh, and, you know, that led a lot of Lakers fans over the summer to, to, to act like those – to act like that's how he played his entire time here as a Laker, uh, which is not true at all. He played great during the regular season. He played great during the Warriors series, the series right before that. Uh, there was one game, I think he was 12 for 17 with like 31 points. Uh, but long story short, Lakers, you know, kind of had this bad taste in their mouth from D'Angelo Russell because of the Nuggets game. Talked poorly about him all summer. You know, he got kind of, you know, a, a, took a pretty healthy pay cut. He was making above $30 million. 
Uh, we re-signed him to 17 million. And uh, boy, oh boy, he has been going off this preseason. He looks absolutely incredible. He's played every single game. Uh, he's scored, you know, 20 plus points in multiple games. I think he's shooting 70% from three point uh, range right now. And he's taken like five or six attempts per game. Uh, and the thing that stood out to me the most, which we actually saw in the most recent uh, Warriors game this past Friday, is is his improvement to his commitment in defense. His commitment to defense, sorry. Uh, so this past Friday, you know, we saw this in all games, but specifically this past Friday in the Warriors game, which we lost, he took a charge, uh, he had two steals, and he had a block. Um, and, and he didn't have any play where he got completely burned or missed an assignment, or looked like he didn't know what he was doing. So uh, I've been extremely impressed with D'Lo. Uh, I think he's really taken, you know, took all the criticism to heart. He's improving on the things that, uh, that you know, people asked him to improve on. And, you know, I think watch out because we knew about the big three, LeBron, AD, and Austin, but I did not expect D'Lo to look this good. So uh, I'm I'm super excited and and you know curious to to hear what your thoughts about D'Lo are and and just the rest of the Lakers preseason in general. Um, yeah, D'Lo, like I am like over the moon excited about like yeah like I I'm so happy for him in so many ways like when when we when we signed him like you know I I was one of the ones that was you know talking on the timeline about like he is a perfect perfect fit just because of his style of play and when when the Denver series happened and everyone wanted to blame him for so much like oh man it just it crushed me too like I just because I I was really pulling for the guy and you know and I I just I still feel like you know a lot of fans are being way too harsh and way too unfair on him but you know, I, I love the way that he's responded. And I and there's there's two things that I feel are responsible for this. Like one, he played with Kobe, and two, he's now become fast friends with Austin, who is also you know a Kobe stan himself, like like us, and you know, like I I think that influence and the, the fact that they're spending all this time together. Like he heard every talking and I think he in particular saw everything that was happening with Austin. Cause I, I remember seeing a tweet that was just him joking around. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was a tweet or it was an Instagram post, but I saw it on Twitter and it was, he had posted a, um, a, he was in a car and there was a, a billboard on a, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he said something to the effect of like, you know, if I could just be this guy for one day. So like, I, I feel like, you know, like he's a smart guy. He, he sees what's happening. He sees like, you know, like Austin's put in the work, you know, Austin's getting all this, you know, recognition that I'd like to get also. And, you know, like his Mamba mentality is kicking in a little bit is what I feel like. And like, yes. you know, it's, it's really really exciting to see and you know what makes me really excited is you know in the late 80s the lakers really did have a big four 
and it doesn't get talked about very often. But, you know, Byron Scott and James Worthy, you know, right, were right up there with Magic and Kareem yep. in those in those back-to-back -back years where the four of them were almost all averaging 20 points a game. I mean, because it was like, you know, Magic, Magic was over 20, Worthy was over 20, and then I believe, you know, Kareem was somewhere around like 17, and then, you know, I believe Byron Scott was somewhere around 18. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that the perfect balance of that team was a big reason why they won back-to-back, -back, you know, championships. And, you know, I've even written about this. There's a, you know, there's an article on my timeline about this. Like, I'm so confident because I have this same feeling about this team that I had in the late 80s. Like, we could potentially have a big four with this team. And teams are going to be in a lot of trouble because – when you've got four guys that can legitimately score, and then we might even if if Torian Prince starts with him the way he's hitting that three, we've got we're gonna have such a potent offense that it's yeah, it's gonna be amazing. And like if this team is anywhere at all in the top ten defense defensively, we are gonna be the hardest out of anybody. So I am super, super excited. I, I'm, I, yeah, like what everything that's going on with D'Angelo, like I'm so glad that he's come back to get a second chance, you know, and, you know, because the way that all happened too, like, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, he, I think he realized that what he did was wrong and like, you know, you shouldn't be like, you know, ratting on your teammates. But at the same time, like I get the feel, I've always, it didn't, bother me as much because I've always, you know, felt like, you know, maybe Nick Young wasn't the greatest teammate anyway, and that's why he did it. And maybe also, that's I don't know if it's been confirmed that he did it. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's no, that's fine. Like, yeah, like yeah. And so like, you know, but that's always been my personal biases. So like I've always kind of, you know, like I've always kind of erred on the side of like that wasn't cool to do, but like, but you know, like hey, you know, learn your lesson, move on kind of thing, you know. And he seems to have, and like, you know, like he seems to be happy to be back here and get his second chance. And Jeannie is also happy to have him back. So like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really rooting for D'Angelo and I, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, man. Uh, we're, we're all happy to have him back. But one, one thing that you kind of, uh, you brought up there that I just want to, that I want to touch on is, uh, you know, you were talking about the big four. And you mentioned the fifth guy being uh, Torian Prince. So uh, this is something I think we should talk about. Uh, and I was telling Evan this earlier. So, you know, my my uh, line of thinking has changed uh, now for the third time. So originally I told you guys I thought Vando was going to be the fifth starter, uh, along with Austin, D'Lo, LeBron, and AD. Then I think last week or two weeks ago I told you guys, hey, I think it's actually going to be Rui. Now I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be Torian Prince. So, um, you know, we, we saw him start the last two games, uh, I believe, maybe even the last three preseason games. And part of that is because Jared Vanderbilt has been hurt with a, with a heel injury, which uh, fortunately they confirmed uh, is going to not be an issue. And it's they're just being overly cautious and he will be ready for game one. So that's awesome. Uh, but because Vanderbilt hasn't been playing, that's kind of given Torin Prince the opportunity to, to slip into this starting role. 
and man, he's looked really good. Uh, I, I was, you know, I, I didn't expect this at all. He's, you know, like I said, paid significantly less than both Rui and Vanderbilt. Uh, and, uh, and in that first game, he looked awful. Well, didn't look awful, but the refs called a pretty tough game on him. And he had, you know, fouled out within like, you know, seven minutes or something and, and didn't score at all. But since then, he's looked incredible. He looks like a true, uh, a true sharpshooter, true three and D guy, um, a guy that can shoot, you know, above forty percent on the three, on the season. Excuse me. Um, and playing with guys like LeBron and AD, he's getting open looks that he's probably never had in his career. So uh, I'm super excited about Torian Prince, and you know, wanna wanna know if you think he's going to be the fifth starter, Evan, and just what your thoughts on, on Prince are, are this preseason. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's really looking like he's, you know, he's the, he's the guy that they're looking at, but the thing that still sticks in the back of my mind is that, you know, like as preseason started, you know, Darvin Ham did say, you know, we know who that guy is. It's a good point. We did, you know, we're not going to tell you basically is what he yeah. said. And so, so that that's what like made me think it was Vanderbilt. But as I watch these games, you know, like I had I had been you know kind of of the mind of like it's got to be Vanderbilt, it's got to be. And but as I watch these games, like Torian Prince, he's you know I'd say a slight downgrade defensively from Jared Vanderbilt, but it's not significant enough to take that offense out of the front, out of the starting lineup. And I think right. that, you know, even if Darvin Ham had decided Vando, I think it may end up being Torian Prince. And, you know, like, and the, this, this bench is still so versatile. Like any way you kind of stack it, like I'm looking at, you know, different lineups and different lineup combinations. And like, we can, we can create, you know, matchup nightmares for different teams in so many ways just through that bench that like, yeah, it doesn't like it, it can be interchangeable. Like you can you can go back and forth between Vando and Prince, but it, but like having offense like that to start a game, especially against a team like Phoenix, who are really going to have to need offense like that to keep up with, you know, that's I, I think that you know, we should probably lean toward Torian Prince and hopefully that's what Ham is thinking. So, you know, I guess we'll see in, you know, what that 10 days or no, it's less than 10 days right now. It's nine days from now. Yeah. Nine days, baby. Fourth, um, we will find out what we're going to do. Yeah. But one thing that, you know, and I totally agree with everything you said there. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a, again, these are good problems to have no matter which, who they choose, I think we're going to be successful. You can't really go wrong. Uh, but ultimately, I do think it's going to be Prince. And just a couple couple notes or a couple points to add uh, is if it is Prince, you know, then you can bring both Rui and Jared Vanderbilt off the bench. And you can bring them off the bench at the same time if you want. And I think that's actually a really interesting move because when you bring them both off the bench at the same time, you're bringing, you know, a microwavable offense, which is Rui, and then you're bringing, you know, insane high energy defense point of attack defense which is jared vanderbilt so to bring that combination off the bench at the same time is really intriguing to me and i think could be 
deadly in the playoffs or, you know, in a, in a tense game. Um, and then the other thing with Torian Prince starting is, so then you've got, you know, in addition to LeBron and AD, the two, the two stars, you've got D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves and Torian Prince, all of whom I think could potentially, you know, not saying they're going to, but could potentially shoot 40% from three point this year uh, or close to 40% from three point. And so that means, you know, the, and they're going to all, all three have tons of open looks because they're playing with LeBron and AD. So, um, and we haven't seen that in, I don't know how long, you know, I, uh, we had KCP the year we won the championship, but even the year we won the championship, we didn't have a ton of, I guess we had Danny green too, but we weren't like a, you know, sharp shooting three point team. Uh, so to surround LeBron and AD with, with true three point guys, which I think, you know, Reeves three point shot has clearly improved. D'Lo is shooting lights out. Like I said, I think it literally might be 70% from three uh, during the preseason. And then now Torian Prince, who's shooting like 50% from three. And these guys are all taking plenty of attempts, too. They're not like, you know, these are, this isn't on like two attempts per game. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's going to be Prince. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I And I didn't expect to be. So it's been cool to watch this evolve. <clears throat> Yeah, like it's like like I said, I just I look at this team and like the, the versatility is is the biggest thing that like I love about this team. Like, you know, like I felt like we had it in 2020, you know, and that's a big reason we won the chip is like, you know, we could we could really match up with anybody. And, you know, like I feel that confidence again, you know, looking at this bench. So so anyway, um we move on to our next topic here. And actually this one, like you know, I'm going to be honest here. Like I've, I've only kind of glanced at this list. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, start this off and then I'm going to kick it to you. Cause maybe you've taken a better look at it. Cause you know, I have a thing about a lot of these lists that I feel that like most of these lists are purposely done, you know, more for engagement than they are for kind of any kind of good basketball evaluation. And that's, that's kind of my opinion on these. So, so anyway, ESPN has released, it's top 100 player rankings for the upcoming season. And, you know, some of the highlights, you know, I guess, I guess the S SGA isn't even ranked here. Um, no. So that was, uh, okay. sorry, I've got some, I've got some notes for Evan uh, and it's, it's, a, they're a little bit confusing. So uh, sorry to interrupt, but I'll just, I'll just. No, no, no. Thank you. Quick. Thank you for interrupting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, like Evan said, the ESPN, you know, every year releases their top 100 uh, actually, you know what? I think it was the NBA. Yeah, it was the NBA releases their top yes. 100 players. Uh, so, I, you know, the, it's made up of media critics and I think a combination of maybe some people that are actually, you know, front office members, um, not like GMs or anything, but people in the front office. So, uh, yeah, just some interesting points from, you know, between uh, last year's rankings and this year's rankings, there was there was some interesting jumps. So, you know, first and foremost, one that was awesome was SGA went from not being, excuse me, not being in the top 100 at all last year to being ranked number eight this year, which was really cool. Uh, we had Lori Markinen went uh, unranked to being ranked number 28. Uh, Paolo went from 82 to 30. We had Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner go from uh, 52 to uh 
can't see there. But uh, and then an interesting, we had some drops too. Uh, CP3 went from 21 to 76. Uh, Cade Cunningham went from 35 to 74. And then Ja Morant went from being uh, number nine overall last year to 35. So um, those were kind of the biggest, biggest risers and fallers. But um, yeah, and then and then the top 10 I've got here as well. Uh, let me. Wow, that jaw dropping from from nine to 35. Like, wow. Like, I feel like that's almost like, you know, solely based on reputation and kind of a little unfair. Like out, you know, like, I'm not so sure about that one. Like, yeah, totally. You know. And so anyways, you know, I, you know, long story short is the NBA's, you know, they release these rankings every year and they're always, you know, last year, I think they had AD ranked at like 50 or something. And unfortunately he was another guy that was a big riser. I think they have him at, you know, eight or nine, uh, or sorry that, yeah, I think they have him at nine, uh, and LeBron's at eight. So, you know, fortunately LeBron and AD are both in the top 10, but you know, it's just another part of sort of this media propaganda that we see, you know, day in and day out, which, um, you know, which is why I think it's important to to have podcasts like ours and like so many of the other great podcasts out there uh, that give, you know, uh, you know, a true not that it's an unbiased perspective, but it's at least it's at least an informed perspective, which a lot of these sadly uh, NBA media uh, personalities are uninformed, uh, and you know, unfortunately, we see a lot of that hate goes towards the Lakers. But you know, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. You know, it's it's a huge this this NBA top one hundred is a huge deal every year. I think the players read it. You know, they're all responding to it on Twitter. Specifically, the John Morant one. He responded multiple times to his to his big drop. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, it's just interesting and, um, you know, uh, important to, to remember that not to take, not to take the NBA media too seriously. <clears throat> exactly. And, you know, like, you know, you, you brought up biases and like, you know, we are definitely biased as far as Lakers, but I feel like we're honest about our biases. True. Where True. A, that's that's my biggest problem with a lot of the media is that a lot of them play this game and just aren't honest about their biases. Right. And like, you know, I'd rather you like come out and say it instead of like BSing about it. And right. like and that's the thing that also bothers me about the John Morant thing is it's like, you know, we're, we're talking about basketball. Like, I understand a lot of people have their personal feelings about, you know, a lot of his off court things. But like, can we, you know kind of leave that can we separate the two you know like because i feel like that's irresponsible when you're you know letting your personal biases affect your basketball evaluation that's what bothers me and you know i, I see that go on with a lot of this a lot of the voting and a lot of this ranking stuff and it's why I, why i can't take it seriously a lot of times because i'm you know like you should be able to, if you're doing this, and especially if you're getting paid to do this, I feel like you should be able to throw out your biases, you know, or at least, you know, or at least do like we're doing and like, you know, be completely upfront about it. Like, hey, I'm a Laker fan 
and like I am gonna lean towards Lakers and like right. you know like I'd much rather have that than this you know like pretend like we're you know we're unbiased and we see the biases seeping through your takes you know what I mean that's that's what bothers me totally uh and acting like everything's black and white too and like oh this is for sure the number one player in the NBA and there's no other possible you know number one you know and it's just like yeah uh so you know this is sort of uh a a long-winded PSA to to not take the 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 mainstream media too seriously and to to be sure to check out you know, uh, small local pod- podcasts like ours and like the, the many other podcasts out there. Uh, I'll be sure to put some in the in the comments, you know, some recommendations of, of podcasts that I listen to uh, in the comments of, of this episode. But, you know, yeah, be, be sure to diversify uh, your who, what news you're intaking when it comes to, to sports news. Uh, and to not take anything the mainstream the mainstream media says too seriously because a lot of it's BS and sadly a lot of it's uninformed. So uh, yeah, we, that's that can be the end of our rant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Either either just be upfront about your biases or shut the fuck up. How about yes. <laughs> yes. Well said. <clears throat> Put that on a poster and hang that above my bed. <laughs> So anyway, you know, on to some other NBA preseason news. Um, you know, the Mavs look pretty awful so far. You know, they <laughs> they lost to Luca's old team, Real Madrid. You know, and you know, like I still like, you know, as much as I, I Kyrie is like one of the most skilled basketball players I've ever seen play. But like and well, you know, actually, I shouldn't frame it like that because it's it's definitely not on him. But like this this fit between him and Luca, I just look at it and it's just this is this is oil and water. Like it just it doesn't mix well. It like you know, I mean, maybe they'll kind of figure out some chemistry going into the season. But like, yeah, I don't, and I see this team as you know. In fact, I have them. I just put out my rankings. I have them as a as 10 as the as the you know bottom play-in team and you know I was, what's that 10 in the west or 10 in the west total. 10 in the west yeah and I'm, i was even kind of like when i did that i was just kind of hesitant but like but but what 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 made me put it there is just luca and Kyrie are just such great individual players i just feel like they're gonna you know they're gonna be right there but like yeah, there's the rest of that team. I, I just they don't have the pieces, and yeah, just I don't know what's going to happen with that team. But I, I I feel like this is it feels to me personally like this is an experiment, and it's a one year experiment. And if it doesn't go well, like I, I see Kyrie being somewhere else after this season. I'm just curious what you think. Yeah, it reminds me, you know, sadly, it reminds me because like you said, you know, I want to preface all of this with Kyrie is an incredible basketball player. And I agree, he is one of the most skilled, if not maybe the most skilled in terms of ball handling and all that player in the league. Uh, And just a beautiful, incredible player to watch when he's doing his thing. Um, But, you know, it sadly reminds me a lot of kind of the, 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 
the Russell Westbrook trade when he came to the Lakers and the Lakers kind of dismantled that championship roster that they had uh, in 2019-2020. And if you look at the Mavs, a lot of people forgot the Mavs were in the Western Conference Finals two years ago before they made that that Kyrie trade. So they got, you know, they traded uh, basically a lot of depth for a star that doesn't really fit, which is very similar to what the Lakers did. So the Mavs gave up um, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and I believe was it was it Royce O'Neal, another wing. Um, and so basically, it was three like three and D wings that are all that all played a pivotal role on that that Western Conference Finals Mavs team, uh, and and fit in perfectly with Luca, right? Luca's like LeBron. You want to surround him with as many three and D wings as possible, and just let him do his thing. Let him run the show. Let him make the correct basketball read and find the open man. And if the open guy is a three-point shooter, you know, hopefully the open guy is a three-point shooter and he'll make the perfect pass and he hopefully he can knock it down. Uh, and that's what they had that year. They they ran, they ran won the uh, Western Conference Finals. Uh, and did they actually – did they make the finals? Actually, did they beat the Suns and make the finals? I forget what happened. Anyways, they made it yeah. super far that year. They made they they really made it far, uh, and so they traded those three guys: Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, and Royce O'Neal. No, they to, lost. Uh, they lost to the Suns. The Suns made the finals that year. That's okay, right. sorry, sorry. They lost yeah. to the Suns because um, I remember they had a crazy game where they yeah. Anyways, they traded those three role players for Kyrie, who you know again is super talented, but just doesn't fit with with Luca, he, he has a lot of the same, a lot of their skills overlap. They're not very complimentary. Um, so, you know, and we saw that last year, they were in like sixth place when they made that trade or maybe even fifth place in the West. Uh, and then they ended up not even making the playoffs or the play in, they dropped all the way to 12. So, you know, I've, I, I'm still curious as to why they made that trade. Um, I was surprised that they extended Kyrie this summer. I thought they were going to maybe try and and trade him for more assets after seeing it not really work out. Um, but, you know, obviously I love Kyrie as a player. Wish him the best and we'll see. We'll see what happens, but not looking good if they're losing to uh, Real Madrid in the preseason. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we do have to take into account that like, you know, like, for a lot of people who don't watch preseason, this is basically how preseason works is that like, you know, you'll start your starters, you know, for the first quarter, you know, sometimes for the first half they'll play, but like the second half, it is, you know, basically, you know, the time for your bench to show themselves. So like, you know, honestly, I didn't watch the game and I'm judging that off of face value. So, but like, but it, it on face value, it looks bad to lose to a non-NBA team preseason or not. So that's, that's the big thing there. And then. And I did watch that game just to add a little bit. I did watch that game and they were losing. It wasn't. And that's a common misconception. Evan's right. Where, you know, the final score doesn't, isn't what it looked like, but uh, the Mavs were actually losing throughout quarter one through start to finish of that game. So So uh, yeah, it was not like a last minute comeback. Yeah. Wire to wire loss. Yes. So so anyway, um, you know, on to a little bit more preseason news, Dylan. Oh, 
who's now Dylan Brooks, who's now um, nicknamed himself even Dylan the villain. Like, give me a goddamn break. Such a douchebag. Uh, just, you know, punching people in the nuts again. Like, man, like, I am so fine with a guy who wants to play hard, who wants to play hard nosed, you know, in your face. Like, you know, be that, you know, like guy that's grinding your gears, you know, all the time. Like I'm, I'm for that, but like this dirty crap, punching people in the nuts, like just stop it, Dylan, just stop it. Like, man, like not cool. And, you know, you're just going to end up with bad karma. Someone's going to end up doing something nasty to you at some point. Like, and I'm just, I'm just sick of his garbage. Just like, can we just, you know, tone it down a bit, dude? Like, you know, like, that's fine. It's cool that you're embracing your role, you know, but like self-glossing a nickname too. like, just pump the brakes here, Dylan. Like, you know, you need some help right now. <laughs> totally. He's, he's just the worst. Uh, I can't believe he got the contract that he did after the mat, after the, uh, Grizzlies literally said, like, we don't, we are, you're not welcome back here. Uh, and then he also proceeded to have a pretty poor FIBA showing playing for Team Canada, I believe, uh, where he also had a couple of incidences where he hit people in the groin. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you're going to be, you know, again, like Evan said, there's, there's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things. I think an example of a, of a guy who's really good at, at grinding people's gears, uh, but does it in a fair and healthy way, uh, is, is and we Lakers fans know this guy well, is Patrick Beverly. Um, yep. And of course, he's not the player that he used to be on the floor. I don't think he's, you know, he's not very, not quite the defender he used to be, but he's great in terms of just being a loudmouth, but not doing anything dirty. He's not hitting you in the nuts. He's not putting anyone at danger. By you know, I know he had that thing with Russ, but I think that was still a hard, a hard basketball play. I don't think he was trying to be dirty there, and I, clearly they they made up. So, um, yeah, if you're gonna you know if you're gonna play hard and be the guy that that gives your team that energy, great. But don't don't be a bitch. Don't hit guys in the nuts. And you know, uh, you'd think also after the the shaming, the public shaming that LeBron gave him in the playoffs that he would maybe like, excuse me, chill out a little bit and like try and stay out of the spotlight until he like proves himself. Uh, but he just continues to say stupid shit, do stupid shit. So um, I can't, he's, he's in the West, still in the Western conference. So we're going to yeah. see him at least, tw you know, I don't know how many times this year, but at least three more, times. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. So uh, I can't wait for the Lakers to, just put a fucking whooping on the Rockets this year. So, yeah, and th those those teams that team's gonna be interesting. Like, you know they they have upgraded and you know they've got a better coach. So yeah, I haven't I haven't seen them play yet, but like, you know I am I'm gonna keep an eye on them because you know I, I think they're gonna be a lot better than they were last year for sure. So, but anyway, and then onto this next news. I I hadn't heard this until um. Though we put this list together here, um, I guess uh, Mike Malone's father, um, Brendan Malone, has just passed away, and so you know, rest in peace to him. And yeah, I mean that's that's tough, you know. Like yeah, I I 
just personally recently, you know, had to, um, you know, bury uh, two very close friends of mine, you know, same age. So like, yeah, like shout out to Mike Malone. That's, that's a tough thing. And like, you know, and you know, the other side of that, it's, you know, maybe motivating thing for him with, you know, for wanting to get another chip this year. And, you know, I, I welcome the competition, like, you know, like, and, you know, I, Denver's a formidable opponent, opponent, and, you know, shout out to Mike Malone and, you know, really sad to hear that. Yeah, definitely. RIP. Uh, you know, I know a lot of Lakers fans, including myself, uh, have been talking, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit on Mike Malone recently and rightfully so, but I would just say, you know, respectfully now, uh, pump the brakes on, on any Mike Malone talk, you know, let him kind of mourn in peace, uh, and definitely, definitely RIP, uh, to, to Brendan Malone and, and, you know, thoughts and prayers to, to, to the Malone family. Uh, yeah. We can still talk smack. Just keep it about basketball. Just yeah. keep it about basketball. That's the, yeah. yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but uh, yeah, so other, uh, we got a couple other, you know, uh, non-Laker updates. So uh, James Harden saga is still going on, believe it or not. Um, he's, he's, I guess the most recent update is he's now practicing with the 76ers, but he uh, actually spoke to the media for the first time this week and confirmed that he does not want to play for the Sixers. So we're in a very interesting, and it also came out that the Sixers, or sorry, that the Clippers uh, are like making a strong push to trade for him, which we kind of knew all along. So we're now in this very interesting and awkward spot where James Harden is practicing every day with the Sixers, and I believe sounds like might play with them until he gets traded, but he's also in the media actively saying, I don't want to be on this team and I want to be on the Clippers. So yeah, I, again, I'm glad. I just think of the, I just go back to my meme template of uh, the kid taking a dab as the two guys are fighting. You know, I'm just happy as a Laker fan to not be dealing with any of this bullshit because it's getting really messy. Uh, I thought James Harden was going to just play, play and, kind of just shut up and and put his put his tail between his legs so to speak but now that he's just making it even more awkward by saying continuing to say I don't want to play for them you know I don't know what's going to happen clearly if for a guy like Joel Embiid who's won the MVP last year is desperately trying to win a championship and you know uh rid himself of these allegations that he's a playoff dropper and that he can't play win a championship, which, by the way, he is a playoff dropper. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, for a guy like him to have his supposed second best player actively saying, I don't want to be on this team, like, you know, that's just a shitty situation. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I, I guess I, if he comes to the Clippers, I still, we've already explained on the last episode why. I don't think that'll be successful either because of fit. So uh, I don't really care what happens here. I just want it to be resolved. Uh, I guess, what are what are your thoughts, Evan? Well, you know, I've been telling you, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. I, I think Maury, you know, Maury is um, Gollum right now and Harden is precious. You know, he's not. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. That's uh... 
That's a hilarious compared to my precious. <laughs> exactly. Ah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, like um, yeah, I'm not surprised, and I think, you know, um, let me let me let me think how to put this. You know, my, my condolences, um, Philly fan. The drama is yours now. Yeah. Uh, we're drama free over here, here in LA. You know, I guess I guess maybe because of the strike or something, but you know, it's all yours now, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And you guys have had you guys have had a successful NFL. You guys are having too much. The Phillies are successful. The Eagles are successful. Yes, exactly. It's it's cool yeah. if the Sixers take a step back. So exactly. Like come uh, on. Yeah. And it's not our. Don't be greedy like Boston. You know. Come yeah. On. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, and then last thing we got here to talk about here, basketball wise, um, this is this is a good one. Um, <laughs> Kawhi apparently says no league policy will help him play more games. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, well, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all week. <laughs> well, and I, I think I tend to agree with him. You know, if you know anything about his injury, um, you know he's it, it's a. Did, did, degenerative injury and i believe he is getting close to being bone on bone in some of those places on his knee so yeah no league policy is going to be able to tell him you're going to get out there and play when he knows his body is saying no i ain't going to play tonight so yeah i mean i'm not surprised that he's come out and said this you know but it's also like the other side is it's it's really sad. You, like, you know, Kawhi is such a great player. And, you know, there's so many great players in this league that I can think of that just we never truly got to see their greatness. And it's because of injury. And, you know, I mean, Kawhi did end up getting two chips. And, you know, he is, you know, going to be considered one of the, you know, greats of all time. But I feel like, you know, he had a game to be one of the truly elite ones. So it, it is really sad from that respect. But, you know, from the other respect of a, of a Laker fan and, you know, looking forward to this season and, you know, the Clippers are again, you know, loaded, but they're still a collection of pieces. Like, uh, and getting dusty. Those pieces are getting, exactly. dusty. <laughs> getting dusty. And like, I'm sorry, you know, you're only going to have Kawhi for a few games. Good luck. Um, you know, sorry, Clipper fans. You know, there's a number of you out there that I really like. You're some great, great dudes. But like, man, and and like, I feel like a lot of you don't deserve this. But like, yeah, like that's that's just a poorly constructed team that's mostly a collection of pieces, and is not a good team. You know, and that's that's what needs to kind of be figured out. And you know, I think that you know they're still going to be a very formidable team and they're still going to be, you know, I've still got them picked as, you know, top five, um, you know, the fifth seed in fact, in the West. So, you know, but like, I just, I don't see them as that collection of pieces ever getting over the top. And, you know, and if Kawhi, you know, if that knee just can't get better, that knee can't get better. And, you know, there's really nothing you can do about that, you know? So, yeah, I'm curious what you think about any of that, but like you know, like I said, it's 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 the two perspectives for me of you know it's sad on one end, but it's also kind of like 
you know, hey, it's great for Lakers, you know, great for us this season. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I did find it funny and I, I will agree that it's also sad. But just to start, I found it funny because I, I saw some Clippers fans when that uh, 65, you know, uh, the, when that rule came out that you have to play a minimum of 65 games to be uh considered for awards and then the and then the uh the second rule came out to basically uh make it so load management isn't a thing i saw a lot of clippers fans victory lapping being like oh this means Kawhi's gonna finally play more and we're gonna win a championship and i remember telling a couple of them like no Kawhi has an injury that's like long term he just because the rules are changing doesn't mean, you know, basically exactly what Evan said. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a little bit funny to, you know, have Kawhi himself come out and say, yeah, like, I don't give a fuck what rules I'm going to do what my body says. And, you know, which is rightfully so. Um, but yeah, it, it, to agree and to, you know, piggyback off Evan, it is really sad. Uh, Kawhi truly is, you know, one of the best basketball players ever. Um, just, you know, when you look at his skill set, um, tr- easily one of the best defenders ever that, that championship he won with the Raptors is arguably one of the toughest championships of all time. He single-handedly carried that team, um, and came in like that and won it like, you know, just like no chemistry, like just came in, won a championship left. Then they fell to pieces, like was clearly the reason they won that championship, um, you know, and deserves all the respect in the world. And I think people also need to, you know, we, we talked about some of the Lakers fans going too hard on certain Lakers players that have, you know, haven't been playing or whatever, or, or even D'Lo who had the off series against the Nuggets. You know, I think NBA fans and Clippers fans need to take it easy on Kawhi because uh, when he's playing, he's incredible. We even saw it last year in that Suns series he was averaging like 40 points a game before he went down and it was so sad to see him go down. Um, so, you know, take it easy on the guy. He's clearly got a long-term knee issue when he's healthy. He's one of the best. Uh, but yes, as a Lakers fan, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I sleep easy at night knowing that, that Kawhi will, will not be really, uh, will not be bothering us in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. You know, cause you know, they, they still, you know, they still have that regular season record over us and we still haven't faced them in a playoff series. So, you know, that because they, they do even being a collection of pieces, they did match up with as well. But I also feel better about this roster, about how we match up with them now. So. So anyway, um, you know, on to on to a little bit of football now. So, uh. yeah, <laughs> a big sigh from Colin. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I don't blame him because he's he's sitting here wondering he's wondering if his Packers just really suck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, you know this is this is also you know this is the growing pains of a young quarterback. You know he I, I see his potential, but you're you're gonna have games like you're gonna have a tough season basically. You're like <laughs> well, I remember you know Troy Aikman's rookie season season you know one in fifteen you know. And, you know, he ended up winning, you know, three Super Bowls. So, like, you know, anyway, like, I, I feel your pain, but, yeah, you, you just got to be patient, you know, patient with this team. Like, yeah, you're you're in rebuilding mode. 
So totally, yeah. And hey, I was here for you know Aaron Rodgers' rookie season. He he yep. was you know seven and ten. Uh, so yeah, I've had a really rough football week. My Packers lost to just to re quickly recap for the listeners. My Packers lost to the Raiders on Monday Night Football, uh, which the Raiders are, in my opinion, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, and then my uh, – oh, that was cool. I put a thumbs up, and then it – did you see that, Evan? <clears throat> oh, I missed that. Oh, it, that's cool. We got a little AI. It reads our thumbs. Um, so to recap, my Packers got killed by the Raiders. Who saw? <laughs> Speaking of thumbs, <laughs> let's see if it can read Evan's broken thumb. <laughs> Uh, oh, this, is, this is what happens. That this is zooted after dark. This is <laughs> zooted <laughs> after dark portion <laughs> of, of the podcast. Uh, sorry, listeners. Um, so yeah, my my Packers got crushed by the Raiders, and uh, just last night, my USC Trojans. This was even more unexpected. Got crushed by Notre Dame. So, and which I knew USC's defense was was fraud and was suspect. But I did not know Caleb Williams uh, was suspect. Excuse me, and he looked, excuse me, horrible. Uh, he had one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, looked like a shell of himself all game. So, <coughs> sorry, I got the hiccups here. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in football hell right now between the Packers and the Trojans. So you know, I'm not going to talk too much about it. But uh, yeah, curious curious to hear how Evans feeling over over in Baltimore in Ravenland. I'm doing pretty good. You know, like last week, last week was a tough loss, but it's also like, you know, I have a, I have a different like kind of outlook when it comes to division games. Um, you know, I never, I don't treat them like the rest of the rest of the regular season to me is different than the six division games you play. Yeah. And, you know, it's because those teams know you know your team better than anybody else, you know, because you play them twice a year. And every divisional game, in my opinion, is unpredictable and a lot of times ugly in, in spots and weird in spots, too. And that's that's exactly what that game was against the Steelers, because, like, I felt like they dominated that game, you know, even though they didn't score a whole lot of points, but they dominated that game for you know, a good three quarters, but then just fell apart completely in the fourth quarter. And that's, you know, that's kind of a product of, you know, that familiarity and that, you know, that divisional matchup and just, you know, it's, it's a like tooth and nail kind of, you know, mentality between those teams a lot of times. And especially that matchup that, that it's, you know, part of what like, you know, drew me to, you know, becoming a Ravens fan is I still think, I think that's the best rivalry in football right now for like and it's been a great rivalry for you know better than a decade you know probably almost two decades now and that's football yeah exactly it's hard nosed hard fought and so you know so that was a tough loss but like this team is still like you know really playing hard and battling through all kinds of injuries and you know like um the game this morning in fact like you know it was it was a tough Kind of a tough slog. Like there was only one touchdown scored. Um, you know, everything else was Justin Tucker's leg. You know, because like we still still got some issues with, with red zone offense. Like you know, get down in the red zone and for some reason like um, 
you know, they're not calling any passes anymore and, you know, making it, it's either, it's become predictable where it's either, you know, Lamar running or the running back running and like, totally, yeah, just a little too easy to stop right now. So they, they've got to, they've got to figure that out, but like, I'm still confident in this team, you know, so like with the win today, they're four and two, um, you know, moving forward, you know, people are getting healthier and, you know, Lamar is still playing great, you know, despite yeah. all of this. Like, you know, he's playing within himself, you know, he's not trying to do too much and not making too many mistakes. Like, um, you know, he's still got some things he needs to clean up, you know, definitely not perfect, but um, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way they're playing. And, you know, I, I'm looking up, looking up for them and like, you know, that next matchup with the Steelers, I, I feel like we're definitely going to beat that because we're a much better team than the Steelers. Like, you know, they're they they're well coached. They're you know they know they know how to fight and claw and scratch for that. But like, you know, that was a game that got away. So, talent wise, agreed. You guys are a much better team talent wise. But like Evan said, those divisional matchups and particularly the Ravens Steelers matchup, you got to just talent goes out the window. Anything can happen. You know, they call it any given Sunday for a reason. Exactly. So, uh, you know, no surprise that, that the, the Steelers pulled an upset. But I do believe the next time they meet, uh, the Ravens will win. And, uh, yeah, if my Packers continue to, to flutter and and just go into re- rebuild mode, uh, I will uh, – I might just have to become a bandwagon Ravens fan and watch, you know, ride, ride with my co-host here. So uh, <laughs> I will see what happens. <clears throat> Well, hey, well, I'm happy to welcome you on the bandwagon. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, oh, and then, uh, I guess one one last little thing to talk about football-wise is, um, you know, I guess, well, before, you know, this was actually written before today, and this could actually be a little bit questioned after today. Is Brock Purdy the real deal? But, you know, as somebody who actually watched that game, like at least most of it, I, I ended up, I didn't see – um, the fourth quarter because I ended up falling asleep on the couch, but I did watch most of that game. Wow. And um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, everything else took over. I needed to heal. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that Cleveland defense is really, really fucking good. And yeah, you know, hardly anybody has been talking about it. Like, um, you know, because I, I believe that the. San Francisco defense is number one scoring wise, but they're number one um, like yardage wise. And yeah. So like, and they they played one hell of a like you know strong game. That's the first time that I've seen San Francisco's offense um, look you know beatable as well as it was San Francisco's defense. You totally. Know? So you know, and you know. So, like, a lot of people are probably going to be questioning, like, you know, on, you know, tomorrow, like, oh, is is Brock Purdy the guy? But, like, you know, I, I think Brock Purdy is still, you know, the guy. And, like, you know, such a great story, too. Like, you know, being Mr. Irrelevant. Totally. You know, to this, like, you know, it's, you know, I kind of I kind of pull from, even though, like, I hate the 49ers deep down. Like, you know. So do I. I just, uh, like, I despise the 49ers. But. You know, he, he's a good story. And, like, you know, I've watched him play enough. And, like, yeah, he's he's the real deal, in my opinion. 
And yeah, today was today was a tough day, but like I, I'm still gonna say that you know I, I would buy I would buy, still buy stock in Brock Purdy, and he's the real deal to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And just a couple of cool facts about his story that that I recently heard is is one. So obviously, being the last pick in the draft, like Evan said, he gets paid like the league minimum, which is you know I it's still a lot of money compared to a normal person, but. I think it's like 300 or 400 grand, which after taxes in California, you know, so, uh, and so he's, he's living with a roommate, which is awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, and he also, uh, and it's like a non football, it's just like a random guy he met on, you know, or a random person he met through, uh, a housing situation. Uh, and then he takes, uh, public transportation to, to work every day. So uh, whether it's Uber or public trans, um, you'll, you know, if you're an SF, you might, you might be running into Brock Purdy, which is just super cool. And he's just a very humble guy. Uh, And to be leading a team with so many uh, star and star names and big personalities and sort of not humble guys. uh, It's really cool to see someone, someone like that at the lead uh, and doing well. And uh, clearly he's making, you know, uh, he's 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 been he's making he's made more good decisions than bad decisions because they're five and one you know even though they lost today they're five and one and his stats are uh you know generally very good so uh yeah i am also buying stock in brock purdy definitely well it's time to move on to our weekly segment here historical stoner circle yeah, yes. I, need, I need to get some music for this at some point. I'm yeah, gonna, for sure, for yeah. sure. I, you know, I, 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 the intro music was made by me, so is the outro music. I, I'll make some music for this at some point. But anyway, um, so I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll kick it off and I'll, I'll send it to Colin first. Um, so our first candidate here tonight is, um, you know, great conqueror. You know probably one of the the greatest conquerors you know known to history and so would you gas or pass with genghis khan or i guess the correct i'm sorry the um correct pronunciation is actually i believe genghis khan i've i always learned it my entire life as genghis khan so i still I did too. that but I believe the correct pronunciation is Genghis Khan. Is that interesting? Heard. Good to uh, good to know. G- so, Genghis Khan is the correct. Yeah. Genghis. Uh, yes, I would definitely guess with Genghis Khan. Uh, you know, leader and founder of the great uh, Mongolian Empire uh, or Mongol Empire. Um, yeah, you know, I just uh, I actually this is super random, but. Uh, I was an East Asian studies minor in college. Uh, So I studied all sorts of, you know, uh, stuff about about the Mongolian Empire and just, uh, you know, Asian history in general. So, uh, you know, would have would have a million things to ask. Genghis? Yes. Would have a Sorry, I'm I'm just not used. I also say Genghis. Now that I know how to say it, I want to do it correctly. So. Uh, yeah, have a million questions that I would ask Genghis. I mean, um, yeah, just uh, what what he was able to build with 
the lack of resources that existed in the time that he was existed in the time that he was around uh, is truly remarkable. And uh, yeah, just uh, any person I can, uh, you know, I think I've said this on past episodes, any person I can smoke with and pick their brain about just uh, success or anything cool that they, you know, if they have wisdom to be, to be given, uh, I would, I would love to, to try and try and, uh, receive that wisdom. So yes, I would definitely guess with, with Genghis Khan and, and I'm, I'm glad I know the, the correct pronunciation. Um, what about you, Evan? This one actually, um, this one I've, I've thought about before and I would actually pass on this because I would like to, um, gas with his son instead, Kublai. Oh, interesting. I find him a lot more interesting in a lot of ways. Like Genghis is very interesting, but he's he's still very savage in a lot of ways. For Whereas sure. Kublai like really understood diplomacy much better than his his father did, and so I I'd, I'd really love the chance to to gas with Kublai. So I I would pass with with Genghis in the hopes that I could you know somehow you know hop in the time machine again and go go gas with Kublai instead. <laughs> Fair enough. I did not, when you said no, I didn't think that was the direction you were going to take it. Uh, but that's an awesome direction and I <laughs> totally see your point. So uh, that was a great answer. <clears throat> awesome. uh, so our second one here, we've got, uh, and Laker fans, I know this is going to anger certain Laker fans, probably most Laker fans. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a really interesting one. We've got a uh, famous Celtic center, Celtic big man, uh, Robert Parrish. So, uh, Evan, uh, you were the one, you were the one that came up with this one. So, uh, gas or pet, would, would you gas or pass with Robert Parrish? Oh, this one, like, yeah, let me, let me like kind of preface this. Like, you know, yeah. Like Evan's not a Celtics fan. <laughs> Boston. It's always fuck Boston. That's right. But the chief like holds a special place in my heart. He really does hold a very special place in my heart because in the late eighties, he got busted um, for having some weed shipped to him. And like, I remember when I found that out, like I hated the Celtics, you know, I just despised everybody on that team. But when I found that out, it like softened me a little bit. And I was like, Right on, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so that's why they call him Chief. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, like, if I got the chance to smoke with with Robert Parrish, like, I am not passing that up because I would love to sit down and talk with him, you know, about, you know, the 80 Celtics as well as, you know, all the ba battles with the Lakers and just basketball in general. And just, I mean, he's... He's such a smart, interesting, thoughtful guy. And, you know, like, yeah, like I would absolutely gas with Robert Parrish and I would have a great time. And, you know, it may still be fuck Boston, but, you know, Chief is all right with me, man. <laughs> you got to be careful. Someone's going to clip that. Someone's going to clip that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Um, and to to be totally honest, I would I would guess with with Robert Parrish as well. Um, you know, I'm a, a. This is actually funny. I think we did Bill Walton on 
on historical stoner a couple episodes ago, but I'm a huge Bill Walton fan. Uh, and I know Bill Walton is, you know, him and Robert Parrish were, were very, very close. And Robert Parrish is actually the reason why Bill Walton joined that Celtics team when he did join them. Uh, and you know, I obviously Bill Walton is a big stoner. So we know, uh, Robert Parrish was a big stoner because he got caught with weed. So yeah, maybe Bill uh, sent the package. You know, I know. think that, what's that? <laughs> maybe Bill sent the package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, uh, that's hilarious. It probably was Bill. Um, yeah. So you know, those types of people, you know, would love to any basketball player that's that's down to to, to smoke weed and talk hoops. Uh, and I, you know, I know it's a Celtics player and it is still fuck Boston and it always will be fuck Boston. But, um, you know, Robert Parrish was actually in that Bill Walton documentary that I mentioned on a previous episode. Uh, and, you know, he's been in a couple of the, the, the Lakers Celtics documentaries as well. And you can just tell that he's a super cool guy, super insightful guy uh, and would just be uh, a, a cool person to, to, to smoke a joint with and have a conversation. So gas for sure. <clears throat> Hell yes. So, okay. And then on to our, our last one here, last one here. He's, he's one of my favorite actors personally. Um, you know, he's, he's been in Peaky Blinders, um, you know, Batman Begins. Um, and um, gosh, I'm Oppenheimer. Thank you. Oppenheimer. I was trying to remember. There's a recent one that I'm like yeah. on the tip of my tongue, Oppenheimer. And um, so anyway, Cillian or Killian Murphy, that always, Go with the soft C, in it, but it's, it's pronounced Killian Murphy. I believe that's pronunciation. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not positive. It could be a soft C, but I've always said Killian. Uh, but so uh, this is interesting because I'm a huge, I'm a huge movie fan, and all of those movies you name. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Uh, and all those other movies you named, I love. But I think I'm gonna have to pass because the common denominator between all of this dude's characters. Are they all borderline psycho? Uh, so, you know, and especially Peaky Blinders, like, you know, Tommy Shelby is, you know, just on the verge of, you know, well, he's he is psycho. He's done done a lot of dark shit in that show. Uh, and that's a great show that everyone should check out. Peaky Blinders on Netflix. It's got like six or seven seasons. Uh, tons of great, you know, tons of great content. Um, but then the other one, Evan mentioned Batman Begins, which a lot of people don't realize he was in, uh, cause a lot of that, that Batman goes kind of under the radar cause everyone always talks about Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Uh, but Batman Begins is a great movie and that's, uh, Killian Murphy plays the Scarecrow in that one, uh, which is a, 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 a underratedly, uh, scary character. He's, he's super scary in that movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think any of those guys, especially the scarecrow, man, I would not want to smoke a joint with the scarecrow and like the way they do it in that movie, he like sprays some shit in your face and then you like trip balls and like, yeah, no, no, thanks. No, thanks. I wouldn't wouldn't want him to pull that out while we were smoking a joint and just be like, like, Oh shit, dude. Now I'm like. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, as much as I love him as an actor and all, I, all those movies and shows we just named, I think I'm going to have to pass, but, uh, what about you? Yeah. Like I'm actually kind of with you, but for like some different, a little different reasons. Like I I love his acting. He's a fabulous actor and yeah, 
just about anything he's on screen with, like just absolutely riveting to me. But like, that's part of the issue is that like, he's one of those guys that just seems like a little too intense at times. And like, you know, like, like he wouldn't relax, you know, and right. like you're just, you know, like trying to chill and trying to have a good conversation. And I have a feeling it would just like, you know, it would always be like a little bit like kind of tense and edgy and like, so yeah, so I'll, I'll pass, I'll pass on Killian as much as I'll, I'll watch any movie with him in it. But like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to smoke a joint together. <laughs> have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Have we gone over that? I've seen Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah. Neither have I. So both need to see that. Both need to see that. Definitely. And so, uh, and, yeah, so, go ahead. No, go ahead man. <laughs> I was going to say, so uh, speaking of movies, uh, a new a new uh, section of the podcast that we're we're gonna try and add here at the end, especially when we go back to our normal schedule of of releasing on Fridays. I know we're uh, a little bit of off schedule here with this Sunday release, but uh, what are you watching this weekend? Which I guess for this episode will be what did you watch this weekend? Um, so for me, uh, the one thing I was super excited about is. Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible, I believe it's called Dead Reckoning Part 1, and it's like, I don't know, it's probably like the seventh one. Um, I, it, it came out on, uh, like, rental or whatever, streaming this weekend. Uh, so I was super excited to rent and watch it, but uh, in, in typical stoner fashion, uh, I rented it, and I still have it rented, and I haven't been able to make it. It's like a, you know, these movies these days are so long. It's like a three hour movie. I, you know, make it through the first 30, 45 minutes and then I pass out. So I uh, haven't been able to make it past that. But the first the first 45 minutes have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> so so checking that out. Um, and then also uh, also checking out this is shout out to one of our Twitter Laker friends. Excuse me. <coughs> uh, playoff tone. He reminded me he he recently did a callback to a a, a, fa a good fa a favorite movie movie of mine, No Country for Old Men. Uh, so I rewatched that last night. Uh, hadn't seen great. it in probably great movie five or ten years. One of my favorite movies. So uh, you know, tried to make it through through Mission Impossible, and then I watched No Country for Old Men. So what about you, Evan? Nice. Um, yeah, like. You know that I want to like the Mission Impossible stuff. Like, I I'm, I want to watch those movies. Like, but I have this like Tom Cruise aversion, and like <laughs> you and not just you, a couple yeah. other people. And it it takes like any movie that he's in, even like really good movies that he does. It like always takes me a while to kind of like yeah okay I'll watch it and like you know so like you know and like Mission Impossible like I've seen the first one but like. I haven't seen any of the other ones. And like one of these days I keep telling myself, like, I'm going to sit down and watch those movies. But like, but yeah, it's just this, like this Tom Cruise version because like he is the most kind of like same actor ever in every role that he does. Like the way I look at him is he's different shades of Maverick in every totally. role. <laughs> totally. Like, <laughs> and like, you know, it took me a long time to finally watch the new Top Gun, which is a, Great movie, by the way. Yeah, great movie. You know, he makes great movies, but like, he just, he just like, as an actor, he just gets on my nerves. So like, yeah, it just, and like, you know, I, I understand he's still making good movies, but like, yeah, I, I, at some point, I need to, I need to watch those Mission Impossible movies. 
movies because you know everybody talks hard. about them and like yeah like i, I want to see them but like it's just this funny like i said this funny like tom cruise version that i have i get it man a lot of people i'm kind of the same way with him like he's a weird dude and a lot of his off the you know off the not off the court but off the film stuff i don't agree with but uh specifically the most recent Mission Impossibles, like the special effects and just everything is so off the walls that, yeah, I I highly recommend, and especially for for a movie to get, get, get stoned and watch and, you know, be zooted while you watch, highly recommends, you know, the most recent. The last probably, I don't know, I think there's like seven of them total, the last two or three of them, and you don't need to see the first ones to be able to watch. You can just watch any of them. Last few ones are all really good, so I check it out. I think it'll be similar to to how you felt about the new Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of these days I'm going to get there. So, but anyway, like you know, I've I've been you know with basketball coming back, I've been really you know watching a lot of sports stuff, listening to a lot of sports stuff, and so I've only I've only seen a couple movies in the past um, past week, but they've both been really good. Um, I saw the the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I absolutely loved. Like, you know, I feel like it's the best representation of the original comic book. And there's even like, there's even a couple scenes that are like, you know, frames right out of the original comic. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I, I really enjoyed that. Had a lot of fun watching that. And then I saw one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time and they don't make, good comedies a lot of you know people complain you hear people complain all the time about how hard it is to find a good comedy but i found a hilarious one um that didn't get promoted that well when it was in the theaters um and you know i ended up missing it in the theaters in fact because it like it didn't come to the theater that was close to me and like i kept telling myself i'm gonna go see it and just didn't get around to it but like and I, I, I regret it because it's it's a really damn funny movie. And it's called The Machine by the comedian Burt Kreischer. And he's the guy that, like, you know, takes off his shirt. <laughs> and so he's got, he's got a, a bit that he talks about on stage, you know, about how he was, um, you know, part of a Russian foreign exchange program. And he went to Russia and actually was on this train and, you know, was partying with all these Russian gangsters and they started calling him the machine because he was this drinking machine. And like, he ended up robbing the train with all these gangsters. So this movie is about, you know, like his real life kind of coming true and like coming back to bite him. So the gangsters come back and they need something from him. And, you know, it, it's, it, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it is hilarious. Like laugh out loud, funny. Mark Hamill plays his dad, and like, if you like to laugh, if you like Burt Kreischer's humor, especially, like, it's on Netflix right now. Watch this movie; it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I already added it to my queue, and I think actually I'm gonna try. Hopefully, I don't, you know, fall asleep. That's like I do, but uh, I might try and watch it after this podcast ends. So, uh, nice. yeah. Uh, very high on my list and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about that one so um, anything else you're looking to looking to watch or check out or saw recently no like I said that's that's been pretty much it for me so you know like 
basketball seasons here. So like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I kind of, you know, I'll get a little bit here and there, but like, I, I really, I kind of immerse myself in hoops and hoops talk, you For know, sure. especially, especially once that first tip off comes like, Yep. It's, it's basketball for me until June. So, and we're only nine days away. So, uh, by by the time our next episode comes around, we'll be uh, the we'll we'll only be one episode away from uh, live hoops. So, uh, or from regular season hoops, I should say. So, uh, countdown is the countdown is on. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> cannot wait. So, anyway, I guess we're gonna sign off here. You know. It's, been great having you and you know i'm i'm glad that we're able to do this you know sucks we couldn't do it friday but you know hey shit happens you know and glad you're doing well man health is all that matters exactly you know so anyway everybody peace out and stay zooted stay zooted everyone